0: now a blaze media podcast you cannot say anything anymore without people getting all bent out of shape so there's a retired judge in bermuda that was on the, you know he's sitting on the bench a junior supreme court judge he's retired now so this was like a year or two ago and he was presiding over a murder trial and the defendant was on the was on the stand and they were talking about her relationship with this other person. And the judge said, man, all this sex talk is beginning to get me horny. And so now, now the murderer's attorney is saying, hey, 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 that was wrong. We need a new trial. What? Come on. So they took it to the so England's uh, Court of Appeals and they said, you uh, eh, no. eh, he's fine. Uh, get over it. Uh look what he said was uh you know not smart and was kind of bad but it didn't affect the trial so get over it See what I mean? You can't say anything anymore without people getting bent on <laughs> it. Sis file friday i was actually reading a little bit more of what was going on in the case from the transcript of that case really funny uh because it wasn't funny at all i mean it was horrible horrible but uh they were mad because the judge let uh foul language fly in the courtroom too from the defendant oh he did, uh, he repeatedly called the man bad words get again get over it that's what the that's what the appeals court said That's what the judge thought at the time the judge was just like, hey, keep up all this sex talk, man. It's getting me horny. <laughs> that's something you would say if you were a judge. So sad. You're not supposed to do that. Man. that yeah, that's you're right. You're a why judge. Not a ju- right. You're a judge. See, that's what gets those judges in trouble, though. We, we do those stories about, all the yeah, time. Yeah, we talked
1: about the judge out of New yes. Jersey, and you didn't know who I am. Yeah.
0: It doesn't matter.
1: You're right. a judge. You can do whatever. As soon as you get that black robe and the wig, right? you're done. You can do whatever you want.
0: I know. It's a good gig. It is a good gig. Really good
1: Why gig. Why do you think the Supreme Court Justice are freaking like the best job in this country?
0: Yeah. That's so a that is
1: that is the best job you could get in this
0: country. That's a good gig, man. Yeah. You're the Supreme Court Justice. How long is the job for Until I decide or die.
1: Think about it. The guy that is there right now had some other guy grab his penis and thrust it to someone else and he's still a judge. Come on. You can do anything you want.
0: That's A, he wasn't a judge at the time. B, it didn't happen. That's not true. That's not Come on now. I mean, Talk about the guy that, you know, are that, you thinking, well, look, I'm standing around at a party. How many times do you stand around at a party five. With, naked? With five you, with times. You, naked, just standing there hanging out with your friends at a party naked. And then your buddy comes up and grabs your wiener and thrusts it into somebody's face. Come on.
1: Has happened to you?
0: Welcome to Fat Pile Friday on Chewing the Fat. Nice of you to come along for the ride today. I really appreciate it. We've got—I mean, I've got a ton of stories. Suppose we've got a ton of voicemails to go through. Um, we do. We do. We do. I've, have you told me what voicemails I'm playing? I, I have now. I've got a list right here in front of me. Yeah. Can you?
1: Do you mind giving me that list? It's right uh, here in front of me. Yeah. Can, can you give me the numbers so I can just write them down and at least play them? Because by you saying a number, nothing's going to happen.
0: What do you mean? Nothing's going to happen you if I say me, a number. If you that did, means you play the freaking voicemail. If you tell voicemail. me right
1: now, hey Chris, play this voicemail, nothing's going to happen. Okay. Try it.
0: Try it. Just try it. I, right, Chris, played voicemail ten thousand two hundred and seventeen. That's not the voicemail. You said nothing was going to happen, but that's the wrong voicemail. I don't know why someone would call and leave crickets on voicemail. Well, you know, I would, I would replay it. That'd be one of the voicemails that didn't make it. Uh. I'm just saying.
1: As your producer, I need to know what. About voicemails you're going to play so i can play them
0: all right you're going to okay. play 10,217 you're going to play 11,218 you're going to play uh 10,223 i'm out of order i've got to go stick to just 10,000 okay so 10,217 10,223 10,225 and then we get into the eleven thousands. Eleven thousand 11,218 11,227 these are all 11,000 okay okay 226 I got a comment on that one. No, I got a comment on I said, 230, 231.
1: This is 11,000, right? Yes. Okay. The,
0: did I say ten thousand two two five? Yes. No, You don't need to air that. I just need to comment about that one. Okay. Uh, so
1: I got 217, 218, 223, 227, that, 226. T- oh, yeah. The first ones are in the 10,000, okay. yeah. And then the ones on the uh, 11,000, 218. Two two seven two six three zero three one. Yes. Okay, I'll get this.
0: Yeah. Gee, thanks. Appreciate you doing your job. Appreciate it. So anyway, uh, we got all kinds of stories out here on Fat Pile Friday. I, I'm telling, I, I don't know where. It, I, honestly, I don't know where to start because uh, there. Every time I turn around this week, we haven't had time to get to everything I wanted to talk to you about. There are so many great stories. I want to first thank you for coming along for uh, chewing the fat. And I want, you to, I want to thank you again for realizing that, look, I try my darndest to steer away from the politics of the day. I know we get into it a little bit. We touch on it a little bit, and sometimes it, it feels right to get into it because some of it is so maddening. But on the other hand, everyone else does that. Everyone else does that, and you know it's tough. there are days when you just don't want to be like everyone else. you know that you know that you're you I know you're just like me, you just don't want to be like everybody else, and then there are days when you want to be like everybody else, and you you want to, you want to fit in, so you talk about how great Trump is or how bad Trump is, or you talk about what's happening and the questioning as they're Calling Lewandowski into in front of Congress and Jerry Nadler that douche who has no who gets embarrassed by a witness see this is where normally I would get cut off with that. but since I knew that Chris wasn't paying attention I was just going to go farther and farther until he finally realized hey how far am I going to supposed to let him go and then he would play the music so we'll go to this we got uh, i did the story on a pat on wednesday about uh, how women are flocking to plastic surgeons to fix their resting bitch face uh rbf uh amazing uh that we've talked about it so many times on this show uh the plastic surgery that's going on you look at television and you cannot other than when you see me on television like if you're watching this show you know that plastic surgery has not happened or it's a failed product (laughs) It's either it hasn't happened or it's actually been, it's failed. Uh, if you're looking at me on uh, Chewing the Fat. But there's a lot of success stories on television. A lot of success stories. There's also plenty of stories that, uh, you know, you, you know that they are working my theory of three cuts to clown face. They're absolutely working that theory. Now, some of the things that they're now putting in your face, which, see, I think they're calling it plastic surgery, but it's not really Plastic surgery, like their doctors are using techniques as uh, you know injection of fillers into the face, sometimes they use Botox, sometimes they use other things there 's all kinds of uh, different products that different doctors are injecting into people 's faces. they want to inject the fillers into the lines to get rid of them and they want to inject it from the lips the corners of the lips into the jawline underneath the lips to plump it up and reangle the mouth they use uh, hyaluronic acid dermal fillers i mean plus the botox i mean, what do you put what are you shooting up in your body i mean doing that just so your face looks good uh, okay bless your heart bless your heart i hope it works out for you and then you have the story about the guy who has the devil horn coming out of his head and if you haven't seen the picture of this guy let me, I'm going to hold it up. What camera, what camera is, are this one here, this camera's on? I'm going to hold the picture up. Look, at, it is amazing. Man, when you think of this guy's got the devil horn, like you've seen the, you saw the guy that had the uh, the uh, plastic surgery to have the horns implanted in his head, and they're just the little rounded horns on the bald head, so it has the little devil horns. That's what you think of with this guy and his devil horn. It's a tree stump coming out of his head, man. Look at that. Look at that picture! It's a unicorn. It's amazing, and the guy is seventy-four years old, dude. You've lived with that tree stump this long. I'd just leave it. It's you now. It's you. I mean, you can wear you. You're the one guy that can wear a couple of hats at the same time. Sure, you got to have a big hole in one. Of them. Fit over the tree stump. Sure. On top of which, look at this picture. I don't want to. You know, I hate to judge. But when you look at this picture, I want to turn this around to the camera. Dude, trim the eyebrows. Dude, just a little bit of grooming. I realize at some point, probably at about, I don't know, 30 years ago, he's like, I've got a tree stump growing out of my head. I don't care what my eyebrows look like. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's probably what he's thinking. But me, I mean, you want to, you know, do a little grooming. It's all I have. Do a little grooming. Please and then we get to the apps that are now getting all wound up because of the uh they don't want you to have any filters on your apps everybody uses the filters that's what snapchat is snapchat is just a a filter app to make you look silly goofy better thinner fatter stupid cat face whatever it is why are you looking at me like that
1: a filter can't make you look stupid.
0: Yeah, wanna bet? Perhaps you haven't spent an afternoon on Snapchat, and you have. I, Mister Snapchat. What is your handle? I love Snapchat.
1: What's your Snapchat
0: handle? Jeff Fisher Radio. Oh, okay. I think. I never remember what it is. I can't remember what it is. <laughs> I mean, Twitter and Instagram is Jeff. I mean, uh, Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio, and Twitter is at Jeffy I think my Snapchat is Jeff Fisher Radio. Hold on, let me go to. Me hold on, I got to go to Snapchat now. I got it right here. I don't even have it on my front pages, which is kind of disheartening. I have to actually look for it because my there it is Snapchat. Snapchat, let's go out here. Snapchat, discover. does not say friends? Security extension, add max extension. It doesn't doesn't say what it is. Gosh darn it! I got a lot of friends on Snapchat. maybe i be able to start using that app. Anyway, the <laughs> <laughs> so now the, the dating website which we all use, Plenty of Fish. I mean, everybody's heard of Plenty of Fish dating website, right? Yeah. No. Never
1: used it. That's a first, That's one of the first dating websites, POF.
0: Oh, POF, yes. Duh. I didn't think that was, I didn't realize that stood for plenty of fish. Oh, see? Duh. I mean, we all, look, we all use Tinder. Everyone uses Tinder. But plenty of fish, I believe, is still trying to hang on. And they're blending filters on the platform. What? Come on. Okay, so they did a survey. And, of course, you know, the, the survey, 70% of singles think face-filtered photos are deceptive. Thank you. That's the point. The filters make users look more attractive than they really are or and cute accessories such as bunny ears. If you look at a picture of a girl or a guy or whatever they're identifying as, with bunny ears and you think to yourself oh i want to meet that person because they've got bunny ears you deserve to be misled you deserve to go out a date and go how come you don't have bunny ears you're dumb is what that is next thing you know you're going to be telling me that you want to swim the english channel four times without stopping that's what's going to happen so i mean <laughs> 31%. Now this is more of their more of their survey. 31% confessed to exaggerating their level of education, their level of income. Duh. But hey, it's the internet. I'm supposed to tell the truth? Yes. <laughs> Whatever. It's the internet, okay? Now, I know that, you know, the the Match Group, uh, you know that owns OkCupid okay and Tinder, they're all going through looking at them. Are you kidding me? The whole point of dating is to you want to make yourself look good, right? Look better. And if that's the filter, that's the filter. And if you can't go out on a date and make that decision on your own at the time, if you need an ad, that, that's sad. If you walk into a restaurant and you go, ooh, that looks like her and she doesn't have her bunny ears. And you think to yourself, I still have to go through with this. No, you don't. No, you don't. It's just agonizing, but there you go. That's what you get. That's what you get. Stop having fun with your life. Trying to m- stop trying to misrepresent yourself online. Okay, don't you don't want you want to tell the truth, a hundred percent of the truth, all the time online. Don't be deceptive with your filtered photo with your bunny ears on. And speaking of stupid, now because it's deceptive, we got to get all wound up nyc developers constantly lie about how tall their buildings are really you think i mean come on now what they're wound up about is that you got on the 96th floor well it's not really the 96th floor in fact it's the 88th floor because they don't have the third and no building has the floor 13 they never put that in so right there is a deceptive saying the tallness of the bill. Right there. Right there. You're done. They don't put the 13. So it ta- we're going up to 96. Okay. That doesn't, it doesn't make it, it has to be 9,600 feet, 96 feet, 96,000 feet. Sorry. That's just 496. That's what we called it. That's what you get. It's absolutely agonizing. If you have the 95th floor in your address, that's going to be impressive to pretty much everyone, is it? Okay, so if it's not really, if it's only 88. Oh, no. How can I live? How can I live if I say I'm living on the 96th floor and it's only the 88th in real life? I'm going to go take a picture with bunny ears. All right, we're going to go through uh, some voicemails. Plus, I got a couple other stories I'd love to talk to you about today. We'll get to it on Fat Pile Friday. Uh, don't forget uh, the voicemails are from uh, the CTF Hotline 214-735-9356, powered by Patriot Mobile. But I have a voicemail that I'm really concerned about, uh, and I got it yesterday, and I have I didn't hardly sleep last night. I didn't hardly sleep. So because I, I here I'm going to let you listen. I'm going to let you listen to just just the beginning of it. Federal Crime and Investigation Department. We need to talk to you as soon as possible. Again, this call is from Social Security Administration. Okay, it's not. It's not only from the Federal Crime and Investigation Department. It's from the Social Security Department, and I, I don't, I'm actually a little scared.
1: You mean for a scam?
0: No, that's a scam. What?
1: Yeah, there's no such thing as neither of those things.
0: There's certainly a Social Security Department. There's certainly a Federal Crime and Investigation Department.
1: They wouldn't call you.
0: I mean, I think that the Federal Crime and Investigation Department is the Federal Bureau of Investigation as the technical name. But that's just me. Just me. as a little silly. Silly me. Are you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure that they call it something else, but it's all. Uh that's all though. I was raised playing board games, card games uh forever. I mean as a little kid, I mean I watched my adult Family members play card games and board games, and then I was forced into it. And then you grow into liking it and liking the battle of the board game, whether it's it's, uh, uh, Aggravation or uh, uh, (laughs) Monopoly or Othello or Backgammon, which I haven't played in a while, by the way. But uh, I wanted to talk to Ian Livingstone, who uh, has a new book out, uh, Board Games in 100 Moves, 8,000 Years of Play. Ian, welcome to Chewing the Fat. How are you today, sir?
2: I'm great, thank you. Um, looking forward to my next board game.
0: <laughs> so what first, what prompted you to look into you know, eight thousand years of play? That is just fascinating.
2: Well, I thought after eight thousand years it's time somebody told a story. Right? Amen. Um, <laughs> so I've been engaged my whole life as a squadron. At school, I played lots of games, Monopoly, and played chess for the school. Yeah. Became a collector of games, a designer of games. And my first company was a games company, a company called Games Workshop. We launched Dungeons and Dragons in the UK back in the 1970s. Yeah. Gary Gargatz, the inventor, became a good friend of mine. And we had the European distribution rights. So I was totally immersed in games. I've got over a thousand board games at home. I run a games group. I've been doing it since the 1980s. And I think games kind of help define us of who we are as human beings. And, you know, there's a lot to like about them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Friends
2: or family around the table, having a lot of fun, doing deals, stabbing people in the back and laughing about it as you renege on the deals, trying to get that edge. It's a battle of wits. (laughs) And it's just very lighthearted entertainment. And in this digital world in which we find ourselves immersed, it's nice to have a bit of physical entertainment as well as digital entertainment i think the same we said for vinyl records and and physical books it's uh it's nice to have a bit of a balance there
0: it's also a way to you know to actually get to know people i mean when you talk about uh family members which you know i mean if you were raised with playing games you know that uh you know family members and you know uncle hank is the guy that cheats and uh you know aunt, <laughs> aunt, M- aunt Marilyn is she always uh, you know always forgets a rule and, you know, I mean, we, we've we all lived through that, but it's also a good way to get to know people if you have, uh, uh, you know, if you uh, have a, a some, any kind of small party and you don't know the people, you can play a game and you get pretty familiar with people pretty fast while you play a game.
2: Yeah, their, their personality really comes out very fast.
0: Yes, it does. So
2: if you're having, in, in polite conversation, you don't always understand or know what that person is, but if they play a game, the mask comes off.
0: So you i'm looking through your book your eight thousand years of play. What did you find as that was the you know one of the earliest games that people you know brought to the you know brought to their living quarters
2: Well the earliest known game was was um, was came out five thousand years ago It was called Senate. It was a simple race game with abstract pieces pretty boring actually but um nevertheless, the game of the time and it was enjoyed by Everyone living in the Middle East, particularly Egypt, Tutankhamun was a big fan of the game. And when he passed away, he had four copies interned with him in his tomb, um, which were found when the tomb was opened in the 1900s. So, again, it just shows that games is not a a new phenomenon. It's a, a, a part of human culture that's lived with us forever.
0: So I was fascinated to read that uh, a game that I was forced to play because uh, my aunt was uh, in charge of uh, the state library, and uh, so we had to read and we had to know words was the game Scrabble. And I was fascinated to read that, yeah. that that game almost didn't exist, right? I mean, it it took a while for that game to actually take off.
2: Yeah, it was invented by this guy called Alfred Butts, who called it Crisscross Words, and he was an unemployed architect and. Um, he made his own copies and really struggled to find a, a market for the for his game. And he thought he should revise it, so he changed the quantity of the, the letters. So he put more E's in and less J's, for example, trying to get the right balance. And right. He, he finally gave up, and he, he sold the rights to a guy called James Bruno, who changed the name to Scrabble, um, also without success, having made his own sets. Um, but uh, luckily, uh, the chairman of Macy's had bought a copy who liked it so much, he ordered two and a half thousand sets for Macy's and, wow. um, they sold out pretty quickly and, um, James couldn't keep up with the demand, so he sold the rights to sell Show and they probably sold two million copies, making him a very rich man, man no unlike uh, Alfred Butts. <laughs> no so, uh, you know, t- these things can hang can be in the balance whether they're going to be hits or not
0: so in today's world uh with uh with you know our, with our phones and our, and our tablets and we have so many uh games that uh, you know are used through uh the applications on our phone that are you know we're playing them against the phone uh, you know against the computer yeah. um how difficult is it to create a board game and then actually make it happen and get it out to the public
2: Well, uh, ironically, because of the internet, board games are being made in much greater numbers because of the internet. Wow, great. Um, The biggest factor, I'd say, uh, is the fact crowdfunding platforms like Kickstarter enable anybody to design a game and pre-sell it, selling it to a global audience through the platform. Right. If they get the funding, then they can ship that game. And if it's popular, then it might go into manufacturing with a traditional publisher. Then you can also get review scores online, you can see tutorials online, and of course e-commerce allows you to buy games through Amazon, etc., sure. anywhere in the world, it doesn't matter where you live. So this infrastructure has now labeled a lot more games to actually come to market.
0: So in your book, what is your favorite game? I mean, you have t- you talked about you've got, a, you know, a thousand games at the house and, uh, you know, you've played all these games and you've been, uh, you know, you've been a creator and a marketer and a player. What's your favorite game that's in the book that you wish more people would play?
2: Well, that is a bit- terrible question that's a bit like this is my favorite child and i've got four of them well, who, well first of all let's let's find
0: out we'll find out who your favorite child is i mean it's just between you and me nobody else will hear it
2: yeah yeah my, my secret's safe with you in the internet right um so getting back to games yeah. i think i'll have to give four kids i'll give four games i guess so i think from a classic point of view and a pure admiration for the game itself it has to be chess, although I don't play it very much anymore. Um, Dungeon Dragons, because it you know it's so much part of my life in the seventies and knowing yeah, diecacts uh, yeah. and everything. Um, and then of the modern day games, I like um, Ticket to Ride. And um I don't know what I've ever played that? What else? That's from Alan Moon, uh, also resides in the U.S. Uh, I really like. Um, Splendor now and then. It's very difficult. I could go on for about four hours saying which is my favorite game. <laughs> I mean there's hundreds as well I don't like at all, but um
0: All right, well what's 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 the game what's the game that you dislike the most? Um uh, I don't
2: know which one to like. yeah, know, you, the dis ones I like. You games.
0: know which kid you don't like, so just tell me what game you don't like. You know what it is. Ian.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on to the good stuff. I mean the hundred games in the book are not all ones I like a lot, but they have to be there because they're kind of historically important. Okay. Um I mean, there are obviously a lot that I do like, but there's some are just there because they're kind of a milestone in gaming history. I mean, they like the Royal game of Goose. Beautiful full color page you see in the book. Beautiful board from Victorian times. Absolutely boring as hell to play. It's just <laughs> moving, rolling the dice, and uh, moving your piece around this this lovely but ultimately right. boring. Game and a lot of the Victorian games you know, played in the 1800s were just simply that—nothing but moving a piece because of the roll of the dice. So they were 100% luck. And so things only changed in the 1900s, um, very really because of um, you can. Bring that back to Elizabeth, Elizabeth McGee, who invented this game called the the Landlord's Game in 1903. Right, and, that, that uh, she turns into Monopoly. Didn't much money. Right, that, that, that yeah, game turns into Monopoly. She right. didn't gain from that, unfortunately. Right. She made it and failed. But Charles Darrow, uh, an engineer, had seen a copy of the Landlord's Game and made his own version and changed it quite a bit, and called his version Monopoly, which yeah, but, was the Parker Brothers and became a millionaire off it. But Without the landlord's game, he would not have
0: created Monopoly. I, we were just talking about that because Monopoly went, uh, you know, created the Miz Monopoly uh, off of the main uh, board, and we were just talking about. I I wasn't aware that of the landlord's game except for you know, a couple weeks ago, and uh, it uh, it was fascinating that uh, you know someone created this game. And you're right, uh, the the actual game that we all, you know that that I grew up loving to play would have never happened without the without the landlord's game. But that's. Exactly. But, but that's was, true with a lot of with that, a lot of derivatives, right? And that's true with with your hundred games in the book, right? I mean, really, the, the boring goose game brought games that we all love, but it was you know you had to yeah. start somewhere.
2: Yeah, but the, the Landlords game and Monopoly had certain squares that were virtually identical and the same way of playing. Um, there's a strong overlap there, but you know that's life, I guess.
0: So we're talking to uh, Ian Livingstone who is uh, the author of uh, Board Games in 100 Moves 8000 Years of Play and uh, I'm fascinated that uh, I, was, I was I'm really surprised to learn that because of the internet uh, board games have uh, actually grown and become more and more because we hear so much about uh, you know the disconnect between uh, you know adults and, and children and family and friends yet board games bring us all together so it seems almost counterintuitive
2: Yes and, and 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 despite the fact that a lot of retail has disappeared, traditional game shops disappear, but because of this online world now yeah. commerce and community, board games are flourishing and the fact that they can be funded through the internet too. So long may that continue.
0: So your favorite really your favorite games that you like to play are the role playing ones so it's less boring, right? I mean am I'm
2: kind of Well, kinda, I don't I'm, play role playing so much. These days, I mean, it's just again a very personal thing for me. D the whole D and D thing. Um, yeah, you know, we don't really play D and D anymore, but it was a big part of my life.
0: What, uh, what, with your with your favourite child? What was your favourite child's name again?
2: <laughs> don't have a favourite. You might <laughs> recall. I, was
0: just, I was just, I just, I just got. I forgot your favorite child's name off the top. I wanted to get it off the top of my head. Yeah. What uh, I was thinking. What What game do you play with your children now? Is there Is there a game that you get together and you think, Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna play this tonight?
2: Yeah, we play Ticket to Ride. That's a good family favorite. It's um, a railway game uh, where you're building networks of, of railway roads and um, having to deliver passengers from one town to another. I mean, it's not too heavy. Uh, but it still requires thoughts and planning, right. so it's a it's a good introductory game that has some depth to it. But yeah. the purest games, um, if you have to go back to you know thousands of years, like the game of Go um, from from Asia, that is the, probably the purest game on the planet. It's there's only two types of piece. one person has the white stones, the other person has the black stones. There's a 19 by 19 grid, and you place a stone with the object of fencing off the most area. And so you're trying to surround the other players or trying to cord off bits of the board.
0: So that's I mean, that,
2: already in, in two seconds, but it takes a lifetime to understand the complexity because of the number of combinations possible.
0: So that's the beginning. I mean, that's the kind of Othello, right? I mean, that's the game that I grew up playing with was Othello. That's kind of the same thing, right?
2: It's, it's yeah, it's a kind of, I wouldn't say dumbed down, but it's a a much more accessible version of it.
0: Right. Right 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 right. Where you're trying you know you're trying to gain as much uh, ground from the other stones as you can. Uh fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I mean
2: Ludo was a, a derivative of a, a much more complex game called Pachisi. So uh, yeah, no, there's no, there's nothing, I guess, is original these days. But um,
0: what what prompted? Okay, so now, okay, so aside from the the board games with uh, card games, uh, you know, you have a, a deck of cards. When did when did cards become so prominent? That that that's kind of, uh, I mean, it's the it's not a board game, but they became pretty prominent, and so did a lot of card games.
2: Yeah, again, card games go back a long time, from the around about the 1300s and to, to present day. And of course, these days, you know, the Texas Hold'em is a huge card game. But but as a a more for for the board game type, I mean, these collectible card games, the deck building games like Magic: The Gathering, has become a phenomenal success. Um,
0: Magic: The Gathering actually uh, is on the is on has a chance to join the uh, Toy Hall of Fame this year uh, in New York. It's up for. Not surprised. uh, That's right. I know. Thank you.
2: Yeah. It's the collectability of the game, the, the number of combinations of combining different cards together to try and beat your opponent, and, of course, the rarity value. Some of these cards were really, really rare and become you know, worth thousands of dollars themselves, like the Black Lotus card, for example, worth several thousand dollars if you could find one.
0: Wow i'm gonna to have to go back and look at my box full of games ian livingstone uh, <laughs> author of a uh, board games in 100 moves eight thousand years of play ian thank you very much for joining us i appreciate it sir
2: thank you very much go play a game please.
0: and i promise i promise uh, i won't tell your family uh who you said was your favorite kid
2: yeah uh, I, uh what's his, uh, what was that her name i can't remember now <laughs>
0: All right. Before we get to voice, but more, more voicemails, and I've got you know we've got plenty of them to get to. It's we're getting more and more stories about people struggling with their emotional support animals, and it's hard to take. And I think we need to we need to redirect some compassion in our lives. Uh, like um, Leroy, a Vietnamese pot-bellied pig, uh, wandered off to Brennan Elementary School in Columbia, South Carolina. Now, they're giving McGregor-Wallace all kinds of citations, and they're saying you can't have a pig within city limits. Uh, you've got a fugitive pet. The pig just wanted to play with some kids. He broke out go to the school. Wallace, hey, Leroy's my emotional support animal, okay? I got, I got PTSD. I got domestic. He has domestic trauma, and he needs a pig. Now, he got Leroy several months ago because his standard pig that he was that he had for emotional support got too big got too big so this pig he now says he's clever he knows how to open the gates and knows how to get out of the house and so he just takes off and he, this pig also knows how to open the refrigerator i mean that's pretty good if you get a pig that knows how to open the refrigerator you know that's where they're going to end up anyway <laughs> at least they know where they're going to end up and we have the lady in Missouri who's got monkeys for emotional support and the, the neighbors are like, monkeys are scary and they're mean. You can't use, you can't have the monkeys around for emotional support. I mean, come on. You can't even have monkeys around anymore? Monkeys are nasty. And they're mean, man. You're going to be messing with Can monkeys, Can I quote you on that? Yes. You're going to be messing with monkeys, man. <laughs> Just start having primates around, man. Oof. Okay. I think... I think you'd be better off with a human. It's just me. But you know, what do I know? If if you if you have domestic trauma and need a monkey, bless your heart. Voicemails. Uh we've had uh, one caller that sounded like uh it was uh under uh, the duress of a lot of marijuana. Get me. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Get me. Let me have that Let hit. show, bro. Thank you.
3: Best podcast ever. Oh, thanks, man. <sighs> thanks, man.
0: Is that it? I mean, dude, would you die? <laughs> <laughs> this got really high. It was just so good. That bowl was so good. Uh, I didn't have anything else to say at the time. You know how it is, man. You've, you've hit those bowls before where just after you exhale, it's just like, whoa. I didn't want to say anything. Now, this voicemail, uh, 10,218, uh, is a great idea, and I hesitate to play it, because it really is a good idea.
4: Hi, Chris and Jeffy. I am I'm a subscriber, of course. I've rated it five stars. <laughs> And I've shared it. Should people. have been funny, but thank um, you. Um, calling regarding the housewife monopoly. I think this is a wonderful idea. I love it. I'm a housewife. I have an idea for one of the community chess cards. First, there should be a, or, you know, the go to, get, go to divorce court instead of jail. Right. And there should also be become a trophy wife card, collect $2,000 from every other player i mean that's a, I think this would be great and a lot I, of fun Thank i do
0: too Bye-bye. i do too that is a tremendous idea housewife monopoly i'm telling you put it together and get it to parker brothers put it together right now i mean put it the whole every all the everything you know like one area is the kitchen one area is the you know the garage and i love the divorce court i love the trophy wife collect 2000 uh you know past the are you passing the kitchen? Are you passing the, you're passing the shower? Get $200 or something? I mean, work, send it to Parker Brothers right now. Housewife Monopoly. Tremendous idea. I love it. I love it. And then we could just go to the house husband Monopoly. But housewife Monopoly works great. And your favorite game piece would be, you know, like oven mitts. Go ahead. You know, then we we talked to, uh, <laughs> talk to 223, 10,000. I wrote down, my note says Ebola voice. Chris Cruz. So let's see.
5: Oh, that's why I know know it is. I know
0: what it is now. Go ahead.
5: Long time listener, my friend. I need to know, because it eats me up inside every single day, is Chris Cruz the voice behind the Ebola-free song? I will listen to you every single day. I will await my answer. Thank you. But it is literally eating me inside. I have Um, no idea what to do with myself. And I need to know. Okay, is Chris Cruz the Ebola free voice? Godspeed, Jeffy Fisher.
0: Listen, thank you so much for the kind words, and I—I I, I mean, I love you for the kind words, and I love you for listening, and I love it too. And I'm sorry that it's eating you alive like that. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Ten thousand two twenty-five. Uh, I just want to talk to you a little bit about this. This was a bad connection voicemail, all right? Now, the question was, uh, what's better, Kraft or Velveeta cheese, right? Uh, And you could make that out, but the connection was bad. Some of the connections that we have on these voicemails aren't necessarily bad. It's just because people, I'm going to give you a little in-service here. Just a quick CTF in-service on how to talk into a microphone Let's say you're talking on your cell phone, for example, and you're leaving a voicemail. Don't put your voice on you hold the phone. You can actually hold the phone a little bit away from your voice so that the microphone picks up your voice. That's what the microphone is there for so that you don't have to.
5: Okay,
0: it's just a little helpful hint. A little helpful hint for me, that's all. And I never did answer what's better than Craft and Velveeta. It really just depends on what you have in front of you. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. All right. Thanks for sticking around. We're uh, in the dessert section here on Fat Pile Friday, and we just started into some voicemails for you. So we'll just, uh, you know, we'll finish up uh, some voicemails. We had, uh, had uh, i give you a little, you know, it's a little helpful hint on how to talk on a cell phone when you leave a message. We have, um, uh, we're in the 11,000s now, eleven thousand two two seven.
3: Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, and Chris Cruz. Y'all are hitting all of my hot button topics. This is J.D. in Houston. You talked about Chicken hey. Express, and now we're talking about Windy Breakfast. I love Wendy's breakfast. Only certain ones it right now, but it is incredible. The honey butter chicken that is desired for. I don't even like oatmeal bars, and they have these bad oatmeal bars. What freshly made. Oh, my goodness. you chewing the fat that there's 20 stars. Wendy's breakfast, is, it comes in a close second with 19 stars. Love you, guys. Can't wait to hear the show.
0: All right, well, JD, thank you so much. Why is uh, he calling from the bathroom? I don't know. He probably didn't want people to know he was going to talk to us. Yeah, but
1: he's so loud, though.
0: <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so
1: why you talk to him from the bathroom?
0: I'd also like to say that you know the real joke would have been that you know Wendy's biscuits came in you know 18. So let's go to 11,231 As long as we're on biscuits, because this guy uh, actually lived what I talked about and is proof. That it works.
3: Hey, Jeffy and
4: Chris, it's Brian from Brownwood again. Hey, I um, heard your Friday show talking about how Jeffy would never, ever be the one to cook extra food at the end if he worked at Wendy's. Thank you. Well, I worked at McDonald's um, about 20 years ago, and I was in college, and I was four and I asked one of the guys, hey, um, could you just put an extra tray of biscuits in? You know, towards the end of the right? so that way, if people wanted them, they were available. I would never do
0: that, but of but course.
4: also, if there's some left over, I can have them during my shift and eat for free and go, so on and so forth. And every single time, he did it. Um, so, I think the oh. of limitations is over, but just wanted to share that story. And the McDonald's biscuits are still some of the best biscuits ever for fast food. 20 Stars, best podcast ever.
0: Come on! Proof that it works. Uh, I mean, of course you'd do that. Because remember, the story was that Wendy's was the guy was taking what was extra, right? They, of course, nobody's throwing that away. And you always, if you're an employee there, working the morning shift, you're fired. uh, You are. No, you're always. You're fired. You're. You're. You're guessing. An educated guess that more customers are coming so in you're for breakfast. Me it is
1: ten twenty a.m. and you are going to have a yeah, full tray of a, biscuits that takes six minutes to look at, cook. Look at the cars in so the drive-through. That, so now that you are at uh, nine twenty-six and you need to sell all twenty-four biscuits. Look
0: at the look at the drive-through It's line. empty. Look at, you know, look at all the cars in the drive-thru line. There's large. no cars you in the drive-thru. You can't see around the corner, but they're back there. Oh, no, they're, they're backed, backed up. up? Yeah. Uh, Plus, look, there's people. Look at the people in the parking lot that they're, are coming up. No, nobody's coming yeah, out. No, they're up. They're backed up because uh,
1: they're waiting for lunch, and you just <laughs> uh, <laughs> cost us an entire tray of
0: biscuits. Hey, yeah, well. Life's a bitch, isn't it? I'll take them.
1: <laughs> exactly what they would say.
0: All right, so 11,226. Ooh, yeah, this guy is uh, calling because uh, he's trying to make up.
5: Hey, Jeffy. Uh, my name's Trey. I need to apologize to you firsthand. Uh, when I did my review, which I will be changing today, I said that Chris Cruz was the best part of your show. That was until he called me a dick for uh, sending a text message to this number. Okay, pause. Uh,
0: right. And... I mean. Uh, Look, Chris was just hurt. That's so, all. He was just a little a little, a little, angry. It's okay. It was okay that you sent a text message. Don't worry about it. He'll get over it.
5: I was just trying to share a meme with my buddy Jesse. See,
0: stop. He was just trying to be nice. Now, how do you feel, Dick? And um, I'm not so talking to JD or Trey. Trey.
5: Funny. That do not really convey through voice mail. Um, you know, I don't know why he's angry, uh, maybe because, you know, he went in, joined the cheer force and said, you know, a full branch of the military, like the United States right. says, just saying we could totally do their job. Um, but Hey, Jeffy, if you're ever looking for, uh, a replacement producer, I just want you to know, I'm throwing too. my name into the hat, but, you know, the balls in your court, whatever you want to do, uh, you have my number. Just uh give me a call back and we'll can work something out. Talk to you
0: later. Bye. Okay, well I and mean, I appreciate it, I It means a lot to me. And look, I realize that you're trying to undercut Chris. You badmouthed him, you said how bad he is, and of course he joined the worst part of branch of the military. I mean, we all know that. And uh the sad thing is what you're assuming is that I do have your number. Uh, he has control of the phone.
1: <laughs> I do.
0: Sid Dick so, has a control of the phone
1: lines. So guess what? Um, number deleted.
0: 11,230. We're looking for 11,230.
3: Jesse, this is the uh, Tony from the great state of South Carolina. I apologize for Lindsey Graham. <laughs> I'm just wondering why you keep having a gay consuela from Family Guy keep showing up on your show. Or is it the transvestite consuela? I cannot tell if it's the... Uh, Gay one or the transvestite one? But I think it's both. I'm just curious. Other than that, hey, great show. Great show. I know. love listening. Can't wait Thank for you. Good. It pisses me off that it's so uh, little show. It's about half of what the that Glenn guy's show is. And that makes me mad because that's really it. all I've got in my world anymore. I drive around listening to Chewing the Fat, CTF. And love it. Praise, Jeffy. Praise be. And Christopher, thank you. God bless.
0: Praise be. Now I would say, I would say perhaps, you know, you were right on just about everything you talked about. I would say that at some point here in the near future, and this is, I'm just throwing this out, just throwing this out there for you to think about, you know, try to find something else to do once in a while course you're, you're never going to stop listening to chewing I, I know that but i mean don't let us be the only thing just diversify a little bit just diversify a diversify bit. your portfolio diversify a little bit
1: yeah you know they all, glenn always talked about the diver- diversif- no, don't bring up yeah. what
0: glenn says we're not talking about, okay. we don't like glenn right
1: now. uh we don't
0: uh, no that's the whole point of what his call was glenn's got more time than me
1: yeah but like uh, yeah
0: but nothing
1: you get to pick how long you speak for I do not. You do?
0: I do not. I cut you off. That is not true. Okay. I know you like to think that, but that's not true. That's not true? No, it is not. You
1: can only speak for 40 minutes and a little bit extra on the five pile.
0: Those are the rules.
1: I added two more to this voicemail. Uh, 20,238. Okay. This was from yesterday.
3: Commissioner Jeffy, I have a... uh suggestion for more on trivia if you cannot get somebody to answer their phone from a local convenience store maybe you can get a Chris Cruz still in just my idea tell me what you think have a great day
0: okay as funny as that sounds but we've been down this road before okay more on trivia is science sure it would be funny to do that but it throws the whole wrench the whole wrench in the fire, the whole thing is gone then. You've screwed up the whole thing. The point is, we call convenience stores. They answer the questions. Then we predict the outcome because of that. We start messing around with that, you, it screws up the whole thing. And, I mean, it's like universal law. We just live by it. We don't make it. Next, you're shaking your head.
4: Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Chris. Hey, I was just going to let you all know that, oh, yeah. like, can you please not use, like, gendered like, language and stuff when you're referring to people? It's just not, it's just not right. Like, just don't use gender language, okay? Do we and do that? also, I just want to tell you, too, that, like, I got a lot of, like, anxiety and stuff. And if you could please, I know it's hard because it's, like, on the radio, but could you please just tone it down a little bit? Because it bothers my anxiety. And, you know, I mean, oh, I had something in my throat. (coughs) The hair. Um, Can you please just tone it down a little bit and, like, because my anxiety level. And we need to make this show more handicap accessible. You know what I mean? Just take care of us. You know, it's a special need.
0: Make this show more okay. handicap accessible. Um,
4: bye, bye, Jeffrey. There it is. Wonderful job, you guys. But just keep the gender language and the tone down for
5: me. Okay.
4: This is Sebastian. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, Sebastian. Point of personal privilege. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'll, I'll attempt to tone it down more. No problem. Uh, I don't know how we can make it more handicap accessible. We have a handicapped person on the show.
1: Hey, don't be talking about it by yourself.
0: I'm just saying we have a handicapped person on the show. I don't know how to make it more handicap accessible. I mean, it. You, park, you can park in the regular handicap section or you can park in the van accessible handicap section. Either one.
1: Both? Wow. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. either one. I mean, yeah. you're welcome. Either one. Yeah.
0: Is it illegal to use somebody else's handicap?
1: No. It's I have not, my grandparents because I don't, I'm i handicapped and I refuse to go to the DMV, so I just took my grandparents' one and I use it.
0: Yeah, that's illegal.
1: But I'm handicapped. I'm it le- doesn't matter. I'm legally and handicapped. Even
0: if you could get one for yourself, you're supposed to get one for yourself. You're not supposed to be using other people's. But, I mean, but who I, says this? I do yes? know that. The handicapped officials? Society? The people that are in charge of the handicappers?
1: Whoa, there's yeah. people in charge? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So the ACA?
3: I,
0: don't know. I. Don't know.
1: Or the MMA. I, I think no, no, no. MMA is the fighters.
0: Yeah. The the wheelchair pushers have their own. They do. Union. Yeah, they yeah. The whole own hold union. Their union. Yes, yes. But they're not part of the. No, they're not part of the ACA. The handicappers.
1: Or the ACLU. Is the ACLU represent them?
0: No. Well, they would probably help. Yeah, they would probably, probably help out, out. Yeah. I don't know how we could do that. Plus, do we do? do we do a lot of gender stuff. We stop? do.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Sorry, Sebastian.
1: Right there. You already genderized him.
0: Sorry. I did? Yeah.
1: How did I do that? Sebastian? He said that's what his
0: name he. was. Done.
1: Can you please be a little sensitive? And tone it down, mm-hmm.
0: please. Speaking of toning it down, if I have to hear anything more about Justin freaking Trudeau and his black and brown face, I may explode.
1: It's out of control. I may
0: explode. I'm just telling you, all right? I understand that it feels good that these douches, for lack of a, well, no, it's not a lack of another It's not a lack of another word. eh? It's It's because
1: you're on broadcast right now.
0: uh, Are eating their their own
1: good. But, Jeffy, did you think about it? Good. Did you ever thought that in 2019, not only you had to defend Donald Trump, you have to defend Justin Trudeau?
0: I don't want to defend him. But you have to. We are you are you kidding me? You have to defend okay, him. Okay. He still has a job. Yes. Well so far, yes. The governor still has a job. The governor of Virginia who is blackface. What face, did he do? He was blackface in school. Oh he did the same? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Megan Kelly fired from her network position. Because she did blackface. She no you know the funny thing is she didn't. She are you she sure? asked a question about blackface
1: yeah and then and then she went out and then did blackface there were
0: pictures everywhere yeah? of her except that there wasn't it's absolutely agonizing and do i do i care about justin Trudeau? he's the biggest douche ever he jumps on every one of these bandwagons my favorite quote from him though was when they were asking him about uh were there other instances where you're concerned that you're a racist I've always, and you'll know this, this is Justin Trudeau quote, I've always, and you'll know this, been more enthusiastic about costumes than is sometimes
5: appropriate.
0: (laughs) Now that is funny. I've been more enthusiastic about costumes than is sometimes appropriate. I think that could be said about anyone. I think that could pretty much, who doesn't, who who, who among us, who among us, look around right now and tell me you can't say that you haven't been more enthusiastic about costumes than sometimes is more appropriate. That's what I thought. You (laughs) can't.